This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Amen. I'm going to lay a little bit of a groundwork for where we're going today, and then, and then we'll read some verses together uh, from Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Um, this is right after Jesus, we believe Jesus, came down from heaven. He lived on this earth perfect for 33 years. Then he went to a cross to die for the sins of the world. Anybody believe today that Jesus, he died on the cross for all of humanity? Nobody took his life. Come on, anybody believe today that he gave his life? He chose to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. So Jesus, we believe that Jesus came to Jerusalem. He was betrayed by some punk sellout. Snitches get stitches anyways. And, um, and they, they beat him. They put a crown of thorns upon his brow. They take him to Calvary where he dies for the sins of the world. Now we believe in our theology that Jesus dies on the cross. He goes down to the earth for three days, but our belief is that death could not defeat him and the grave couldn't hold him down. Come on, does anybody believe today that Jesus is alive? Come on, anybody believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Y'all make some noise if you believe that. We're not worshiping a dead God in this place. We're worshiping an alive God in this place. So we believe that Jesus died for our sins, but he died and he, he rose again. Now when Jesus gets up out the grave, this is, this is fascinating, he spends 40 days with his disciples, with his, with his holy helpers, explaining to them what this not, life after death means. He's saying, this, this is who you are now. This is what it looks like now. This is because I died and I rose again. He spends 40 days with his guys, giving them a little pep talk before he goes back to heaven where there's insanely good air conditioning and very fast Wi-Fi. Before he dominates FIFA soccer for the rest of eternity and goes back to heaven, Jesus gives his guys some instruction. Now, one of the things that Jesus does in Matthew chapter 28, he, he gives them, we, we call this Jesus' last words, our first concern. The Great Commission. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lo and behold, I'm with you even in the end of this age. Jesus gives them some instructions. Now, he says, now before you go do this, before I leave, he says, you have to stay here in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, you got to understand something. Jesus has been hyping this Holy Spirit thing up for so long. John chapter 14, John chapter 16. Jesus has been hyping the Holy Spirit for so, for so long. He's hyping this guy up. He's saying crazy things. He's like, guys, it's to your advantage that I go away. Someone better than me is coming. He's going to counsel you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to convict you. He's going to do all these things. Guys, someone better than me is coming. I'm just going to tell you right now. If I was one of the disciples and Jesus told me something better than him is coming, I would have looked at Jesus and been like, yeah, right, Jesus. Something better than you, Jesus? Yeah, right, Jesus. Okay, because I seen you walk on water, Jesus. I seen you heal blind people, deaf people, mute people, dead people. I seen you do some crazy things, Jesus. Okay, 
can the next person do the wine thing? Because remember, remember we was at the party and they ran out of wine and you took the smart water bottle and you was like, boom, Cabernet. Can the next person do the wine thing? Because if he can't do the wine thing, he's not better than you, Jesus. Jesus is, he's hyping this thing up. He's, he's saying it's better, someone better than me is coming. It's to your advantage. He's, he's going to do all these things. And all of a sudden, in, in the city of Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 2, we're about to read the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read from my holy anointed iPad. You can follow along the screens. It says this. It says, when the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one another after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. And they kept saying, hold up, wait a minute, stop it because I ain't with it. Uh, check it out. Uh, uh, uh. Aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and visitors from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia? I'm just going to stop right there. If you're ever reading the Bible and you don't know how to enunciate stuff, just fake it till you make it, okay? <laughs> like Cappadocia, I have no idea if that's how it's actually enunciated. Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our language, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth confused. What in the world is going on here? Others joked around, yo, don't even worry about it. These guys are drunk on cheap wine. Isn't it amazing when the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind and the believers began to be filled with such joy, the world couldn't make any sense of it. They said they got to be drunk. Come on, the world doesn't understand what's going on in this place because when you get the Holy Spirit, you get joy unspeakable. You get life overflowing. Come on, anybody believe today that the joy of the Holy Spirit is erupting in this place? Y'all give them a little bit of praise in this place if you believe that God has overwhelmed you your heart and you got joy rushing through your veins. I want to preach a message this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called, I got an agent. Write down, I got an agent. I want you to write it down, then tap somebody in front of you and just tell them, hey, hey I got an agent. Tell somebody. I, I just want you to know I got an agent. Look, look behind you. Twist your neck and tell somebody, just a heads up, I got an agent. Look three people down, down your road, tell them just a heads up, I, I have an agent, I got an agent. I got an agent. I got an agent. And I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna believe that God will, uh, will speak to us this morning. If you are a youth pastor and you're married, you're sitting next to your spouse, or you, if you're a young adult maybe, sit next to your spouse, why don't you grab your spouse's hand and we're gonna pray and believe that God will speak to us this morning and, and um, Speak to your marriage. If you're single, hold your own hand. <laughs> I 
some of the dudes was like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? This is my chance. Hold your own hand. The devil is a liar. Trying to come to our conference, pick up our girls, please. Wolf, sheep's clothing, what? Anyways, <laughs> Bible jokes, okay. <laughs> Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you love us, you are for us. Thank you that you are in this place. We acknowledge today your character and your nature. Thank you that you are kind. Thank you that you are loving, you're compassionate. We remind ourselves today of who you are. Thank you so much, God, that you love us. We ask this morning, open up our eyes so we can see Jesus, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in these moments and in this setting. God, we thank you so much for your grace and your love. We love you. And God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we are thanking you for Dunkin' Donuts. We vow to consume many more donuts over this weekend in Jesus' name. And we all said together, where the donut lovers at? Come on, make some noise if you love a good donut. All right. We love you too. Um, raise your hand. Just show me if this is you. If you are a hype person, you hype stuff up. Let me just see your hand right now. Hype people. Where the hype people at? I, I love hype people. Hype people are my favorite. Hype people are louder than that. Hype people make a little bit more noise if you're a hype person. Love hype people. A favorite. Best. I am, this is me, this is my natural inclination. I love to hype stuff up. Hype people are awesome because they're always hyping things up. Like if they, if they go, you know, to like a restaurant, they're like, oh my gosh, best restaurant ever. If, if, they, if they meet a new friend, they're like hyping their new friend. Like, oh my gosh, Rick is the best guy ever. You've got to meet Rick. Oh my God, Rick is so funny. Is this Rick? There's something about Rick. Like hype people hype stuff up. If, if, they, if they go to a place and they're like, oh my gosh, we just had the best time. There was 500 people there. You know from hype people, that you have to take everything that they say and divide it in half. You've learned from experience that restaurant might be okay. Rick, he's really not that funny. He's great over text, boring in person. He's just, he just, he knows how to send gifts and memes, but he doesn't talk that much in person. You know what I'm saying? 500 people, ah, more like 200 people. It wasn't that awesome. It was okay. You learn from experience from hype people. And, and I've learned from experience in my house. This is, this is my wife and I. Julia is a hype person. I am a hype person. So in our home, you come over, we just run around the house hyping each other. Ah, ah. We, we just hype stuff up. You're the best. No, you're the best. You're the best. Ah. We just hype stuff up. Recently, my wife came home and she knows that my favorite food in the whole world is Mediterranean food. My favorite, and I can get, look, I'm a Mexican. Are there any Mexicans out here today? <laughs> There's five Mexicans here today. <laughs> we didn't really make it to the Northeast, did we? <laughs> we like, we stopped at Texas. <laughs> nah, this is good right here. We straight. <laughs> We're not really, Boston? Nah, we good. We're not going up there. It's kind of scary. Anyways. I'm Mexican, but my favorite food in the whole world is Mediterranean food. I love Mediterranean food. So my wife came home, and, 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 and she knows that, like, if I get some, you know, some pita and some hummus, revival. Just that, that spirit break out right there. So she came home, and she was like, babe, I found the best, newest, greatest, most awesome. You are going to love this Mediterranean place. I looked at my wife and said, woman, 
go and get this food that you speak of. Like, I need it right now. So she, she, she knows that I don't like to eat Mediterranean food at the restaurant. I like to eat it at my house because when I get all up in it, nah, I just, I go crazy. So, so I said, go, you know, can you go get the Mediterranean food? So she went to the spot. She ordered the takeout. She brought it back to our house. I was sitting at our dining room table. I am halfway through. I am midway through eating this meal. I, I put my fork down. I look at my wife. And I looked at her and I said, Woman, you didn't tell me the half of how good this place is. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Run and go get some more. Oh my, I need more lamb. I need more chicken. I need more pita. Like I was so excited because what she had hype delivered. I want to preach a message about the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had been hyping and talking up the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit came in that city of Jerusalem that day, he didn't tell us the half of how great the Holy Ghost was going to be. Come on, anybody thankful today that you have the Holy Spirit? He is all the hype and more. He is our helper. He is our leader. He is our God. Give him a little bit of praise today if you're grateful that you got the Holy Ghost in your life as a helper and an advocate. Jesus was elated about the promise of the Holy Spirit because Jesus knew he was so excited because Jesus knew that he himself was one man that could be only at one place for one person at a time. He could not be omnipresent, but when the Holy Spirit would come, the Holy Spirit could be at all places, at all times, for all people. He was so excited because, by the way, the Holy Spirit is not an alternative spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, which we know is Jesus. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three are one. And so Jesus was excited because he knew it was him that was coming inside of us, that the Spirit of God would no longer dwell on the earth, but the Spirit of God would dwell amongst us and in us. Come on, anybody thankful today that you got the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you? Come on, I think we got a a little bit more faith in that this morning to thank God that we've got the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was, he was so excited. He, he was, he was elated. He was, he was saying, guys, you gotta, you gotta wait here. Don't, don't go do my work. Don't go out into the world until you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was excited uh, about the Holy Spirit for a few different reasons. Let me give you a few of them. You can write down four things this morning. I want to give you the first reason why Jesus was excited about the Holy Spirit. Write down number one. Jesus was ecstatic about the Holy Spirit because he knew that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate helper. He He's an active agent. He is the ultimate helper. He is an active agent. Watch the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. The role of the Holy Spirit is to do work at all times. He is to guide you. He is to lead you. He is to comfort you. He is to remind you of everything that Jesus has ever spoken over your life. He is to convict you. By the way, condemnation is from the devil. It drives you away from God, but conviction is from the Holy Spirit, and it points you to God. Anybody thankful today that you have the Holy Spirit who is prompting you and showing you and revealing to you and helping you and guiding you. He is the lead. He is an, he is the ultimate helper. He is an active agent. Anybody here today, you know, someone who is a workaholic, 
All they do is work. Maybe this is a parent of yours or someone that you know. I got this friend in L.A. All that this guy does is work. That's all he does. He just works all the time. He works the day shift, takes a couple-hour break. He works the night shift. All he does, he works all the time. He wor- we, we can never go do anything. We can never meet up. We can never take trips. We can never have fun because all this guy does is work. He works all the time. Can I encourage you today? The Holy Spirit is at work in your life. He is always working. It, it, the Holy Spirit doesn't work in your life when you're at awakening, but when you're doing bad, he stops working. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life at all times and all seasons. He works the day shift. He works the night shift. He works the midnight shift. He works all the time. He works in the bad seasons and the good seasons. Come on, anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit is an active agent. He's the ultimate helper. He's coming alongside. He's speaking to your spirit. I'm telling you today, he is a workaholic. We, 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 our church is in Hollywood. In LA, and um, much funnier than your response, but that's fine. And um, our, our church is in Los Angeles. We, we, we meet in West Hollywood, so we got like a lot of young, upcoming wannabe actors and models and singers. And so when, when you're in LA and you're trying to make it, you're trying to land something, you, you know you want to be an actor, you know you want to be a model, but you're having to like wait on tables before you get your big gig. So we call this young Hollywood, young industry. And so we have a lot of them in our church. So I'll often ask them, how's it going? How you doing? Are you, are you doing okay? And a lot of them will give us the same response all the time. They will often say, some of the young upstarts will often say, you know, I just had to fire my agent. Just had to get rid of my agent. I said, well, you fired your agent? Why did you get rid of your agent? Yeah, I had to fire my agent, you know. I had to get rid of him. Well, why did you fire your agent? Yeah, well, my agent wasn't working hard enough for me wasn't getting me the gigs. They got so-and-so the right job, but they're not working hard. I need an agent that's worked hard for me that gets, I should be here. I should be in this place. I should have landed this by now. So I had to fire my agent. Let me encourage you today. You got an active agent. You got an agent that works on your life all the time. He's going before you. He's leading you down the right path. Come on, anybody thankful today that the Holy Ghost, even when you're not motivated, even when you're not doing well, even when you turn your back, come on, he's the ultimate helper. He is the active agent. Y'all give him some praise this morning. If you believe you got the Holy Spirit who is helping you, leading you, guiding you, comforting you, reminding you, teaching you, convicting you. He is always at work. He is always at help. He is always at beck and call. Even when you're not doing well, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. And by the way, Jesus was not only excited because he's the ultimate helper, the active agent, but Jesus was excited because number two, the Holy Spirit speaks your language. He knows how to speak your language. Did you notice what happened in the reading that we just did, Acts chapter two, verse one? It says that this, it says that they were in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem at this time, in this context, this was a place of chaos. It was very, there was a lot of tension. So these guys have been directed by Jesus to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the power. They are scared for their life. So these men, they get a hotel room at the Holiday Inn on the eighth floor. They are there in the eighth floor at the Holiday Inn. They have two acoustic guitars. They are singing oceans from the top of their lungs. They are 
sitting there, Spirit, leave me where my trust went down. They're sitting there, eight floor Holiday Inn. The Bible says, like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of the promise comes on the eighth floor of the Holiday Inn. Did you notice what happened? It says, all of a sudden, when the Spirit broke out, that people from all over the world began to come from Parthians and diseases and stuff like that. And they come from all over and they said, hold up, wait a minute, stop it because I ain't with it. Wait a second. We hear God being described in our language because the Holy Spirit speaks your language. When God talks to you, he's talking to you. When God starts to get your attention, you say, how do I know that it's God? I promise you, when it's God, you'll know it's God. The Bible says, my sheep will recognize my voice. Anybody seen Finding Dory yet? I love Finding Dory, man. That was so fun. We went, to, we went with the whole family. We paid the $500 to get in. We, we got our popcorn and our soda. We were sitting right there. And I, it tripped me out when, when the octopus came on the screen. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I literally, for one second, when I, when I was watching the movie, I, when I saw him, I was like, Whose voice? I know that voice. Who's that? Who is that voice? I know that. I, I, you ever be watching one of these animated uh, movies and you know the voice, but you can't tell right away who it is? And I get real rebellious. I'm not going to Google it because I know. I know. I'm not going to Google it. I know the voice. So uh, for the next five minutes, I'm watching the movie like this. I know the voice. I know that voice. I know that. I'm not going to Google it. I know that voice. Finally, like five minutes later, I don't know what he said, but I knew. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the dad from Modern Family. I knew I knew that voice. I'm telling you today, when God starts to talk to you, you will know that it's God. When the Holy Spirit starts to speak to your spirit, you will know that it's the Holy Spirit. It will be undeniable. You know, that's not me. That's not the devil. That's heaven calling my name. That's God getting my attention. That's Jesus speaking to my spirit. Come on, anybody thankful today that God still speaks and you can recognize his voice. The Holy Spirit speaks your language. You ever talk to somebody socially and they're talking but you have no idea what they're saying? I remember when I was in high school, I played, I played basketball in high school. My sophomore year, I had to split time between junior varsity and varsity. I would play two quarters in the JV, two quarters in the varsity. I'll never forget this all my whole life. I would, I would play two quarters during the halftime. Me and one of my teammates, we would go and we would be eligible for two quarters in the varsity. So my whole year, I was partnered with this teammate of mine. His name was Ashley. Ashley was from Georgia. He was from the South. So he had that Southern accent, you know, like from Georgia. And so my friend Ashley, he, he, he came from Georgia. Georgia, we would play two quarters in the JV, but in the halftime, we'd go up to varsity. The whole year, every practice, every bus, every game, everything we did, me and Ashley, we were partnered together. Now, Ashley was from Georgia, and he used to call himself Atley. He did not call himself Ash Ashley. He called himself Atley, Atley. And I could not understand what he was saying most of the time. We would be on the basketball bus, he would be talking, and I could not, every fourth word, I understood what he was saying. So he'd be talking to me, I'd just be like this. For sure. No, totally, yeah. And then he'd say something serious like his dog just died. And he's like, bro, did you understand me? I just said my dog died. Oh, yeah. 
I could not for the life of me understand what this man was saying. Some of you get discouraged because you think you can't understand God's plan or God's will for your life. But I'm telling you today, there's going to be visions that are dropped in your spirit at this conference. There's going to be an unction or a phrase. There's going to be something that God gives you. Come on, anybody thankful today that when the Holy Spirit speaks, he knows how to speak your language. Give him a little bit of praise if you're grateful. That you're not walking out confused, but you're walking out with direction. You're walking out with the God dream. You're walking out with vision from on high. When God speaks, he speaks your language. And notice the difference. Notice the difference between what God says versus what the enemy says. The, the, the adversary of your soul, the devil himself, the enemy, all that the devil wants to do when he talks to you, all he wants to do is point out what you're not. But the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit speaks, all he wants to do is put his arm around your shoulder and tell you how much you are loved by Jesus. Come on, write that down, number three. The adversary, he only wants to tell you what you're not, but the Holy Spirit, he wants to put his arm around you and tell you how much you are loved by Jesus. I'm telling you, I love this about the Holy Spirit. It is, it is, is the law of opposite. It is the opposite thing that the devil wants to tell you. The devil himself, he wants to wag, wave his bony little finger at, at your face and, and tell you what you're not. You are not great. You're not going to bring revival to the Northeast. Your youth group ain't never going to, your school will never change. You will never fulfill the call of God. You come from brokenness in your family. There's addiction in your home. You, you, you're, you're from a nobody family. You're from a nowhere city. You will never amount to anything. The devil himself, all he wants to do is tell you what you're not. You, are, you never fulfill the call. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. The Bible says in Revelation that he is, by definition, the accuser of the brethren. So in other words, the devil, he stands before the throne of grace. He wags his finger and says, God, how dare you bless this one? How dare you grace this one? Do you know where they've been? Do you know what they've touched? Do you know what they've looked at online? Do you know who they slept with? Do you know what they smoked? All the devil wants to do is point out what you're not. But the Holy Spirit wants to put his arm around you and tell you today how much you are loved by Jesus. Come on, anybody thankful today that you got the Holy Ghost putting his arm around you, telling you how much you are loved by God? The Holy Spirit comes alongside you and says, Woo! Do you know how proud heaven is of your life? Do you know you're doing better than you think you are? You, did you realize you're further down the road than you think you are? By definition, the Holy Spirit, the Greek word is paraclete. The Holy Spirit is a great encourager. So he comes alongside you to encourage you and tell you, did you know, I'm telling you, God started a great work in you, but he's going to be faithful to complete it. I'm, heaven, we are so proud of you. We are so thankful for you. Come on, you, do you realize how much you are loved by Jesus? Some of you have been so verbally abused by the devil and you keep giving air, ear to what the enemy says. I'm telling you, you ought to silence that critic. You ought to say no to that hater. You ought to tell, shut the door, Keep out the devil and let God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit encourage your soul. My son, he's two years old. My son is amazing. It, 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 tonight in your prayer life, please pray for my two-year-old. He is not saved yet. Needs Jesus mad bad, mad bad. Needs to sleep till 9 a.m. tomorrow in Jesus' name. And so my two-year-old, his name is Winston. My my. my my favorite thing in the whole world right now is he's developing, he's talking now. So I asked my two-year-old, I say, Winston, who's your best friend? And my two-year-old look at me and say, that our best friend. 
Say it again. Say it again. Say, Dad, I'm best friend. My two-year-old, I'll take him in the backyard, and he loves sports. We play all the sports in the backyard. He, he can play every sport for one minute. One minute, that's his attention span. So, so we'll play baseball, soccer, basketball, football. We'll play all the sports in the backyard. And, and I'll look at my son and say, oh, my gosh, son, you are such an athlete. Oh, my gosh, you are unbelievable. You are such a great athlete. My son, he loves to dress. So he'll come, like, downstairs or come out of, out of one of the rooms with his Sunday outfit on. And I'll look at my son and say, oh, my gosh, son, you are so handsome. You are so good looking. Oh my gosh. At night we read books together and we'll go through all the books and you know, he can say all what the words are and, and he's starting to, you know, get so smart. And I'll look at my son when we're reading books and say, son, you are so smart. Oh my gosh. You are so intelligent. Now I'm telling you as a father, I wish that I could hire some spirit that everywhere my son goes, some spirit would be in his ear telling him, do you know that your dad calls you a best friend? Did you know that your dad thinks that you are so smart? Did you know your dad thinks you are so handsome? Come on, your dad thinks you're such an athlete. Anybody thankful today that our Father in heaven gave us the Holy Spirit to be in our ear saying, do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much Jesus is for you? Y'all give him some praise today. If you believe the Holy Spirit is the great encourager speaking your language, helping you out. He's an active agent. Now all of this is the role of the Holy Spirit. What God does in your life so that you can walk with God and know God and you can be loved by God so you can be encouraged. All of this is for you. This is the role of the Holy Ghost in your life. But everybody here knows today that the kingdom of God is never about what we can get, but it's always about what we can give. That the Holy Spirit did not come just to us so we can have some cute feelings during a worship service or get some goosebumps during a awakening conference. The Holy Spirit is not here so we can stand and go, oh my gosh, Jesus loves me. This is so fun. This is like Coachella. Oh my gosh, I love it. He's just so into me. No, I really like Jesus. Like, I feel like he's, we're like best. We're totally BFFs. <laughs> the Holy Spirit did not come just for the role in our life alone. I invite the worship team to come. But that day on that eighth floor in that holiday in room, Jesus was so excited because he knew that it wasn't just the role of the Holy Ghost that was coming. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This right here, this is what God does in you. His leading, his prompting. This is the role of the Holy Ghost to encourage you, to speak to you, to love you to correct you. But Jesus was so excited because he knew that there was no way he could send out his disciples to go into all the nations and teach people about who he was unless they had the power. This right here is, is for you. But the power, you can write down number four today, the purpose for the power it's for people. The purpose for the power of the Holy Spirit is not for you, but it's what you can do on the earth to make much of Jesus' name. This is called the gifts of the Holy Ghost. 
the working of healing, faith, miracles, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tongues, interpretation, discernment of spirits, that we would walk on this planet and be on this earth a cut above, not walking in natural strength according to humanity, but by walking by supernatural strength. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.